Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. Welcome, Livestock Friends, to this edition of Before the Bid Podcast. And on this one, we're going to go out to Palestine, Illinois, and we're going to talk some Angus cattle. We're going to talk to a farm that they've got some bulls in the sale coming up. Also, they've got some females coming up. We're going to talk with the president of the Illinois Angus Association and a guy that's kind of worked through the ranks there, started out as a director around there, and then he became secretary and worked his way up through those seats and uh, now is just about ready to give up his presidency here in the Illinois Angus Association. Two kids and his wife there on the farm and uh, started it with his dad and so we're going to talk about that and we are going out to York Farms again in Palestine, Illinois. We're going to talk with Joel York and they are going to have a sale here on Sunday, March 27th and that sale is going to start at 1 o'clock and again it is going to be there on the farm at Palestine, Illinois. It's going to be their ninth sale so uh, no stranger to the sales there at Palestine and so Joel... uh, We've had a great visit already, and uh, can't wait to get this thing going. And appreciate you joining me here on this podcast. Well, thanks a lot, Andy. I'm looking forward to it. I am as well. So, Joel, we we've uh, like I said, we visited, and you know, we have a few of these stories that that we start out with. And how did these herds start, and and how did these operations start? And yours kind of starts about like a lot of them, doesn't it? Yes, it sure does, Andy. <laughs> As a kid growing up, my, my dad and, and grandfather had Angus and commercial Hereford cattle, uh, ran about 40 head of pairs, and and like everybody typically there through the 60s and 70s and 80s, you know, fed out a few and sold a few feeders, sold a few fat calves, and, you know, went on about their business. But uh, I guess it was about uh, 96 would have been the first purebred Angus female that, that my dad would have bought for me there in the fall of 96, and turned around and bought the second one there in the spring through uh, through the Wabash Valley Angus sale there in Harrisburg there from Jim and Kevin Rose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess just uh, kind of took off and, and went from there. Doesn't seem like it's been that long ago, but yet that's a lot of years when you think about it. Right. Do you remember who the first one was from? The first heifer would have came from Forsyth landing cattle up here at Marshall, oh. just to the north of us. Okay. Started yeah. out in some good programs then. Yeah, you bet. So what's going on since then and, and now that you guys are having your own sale? Well, we started out uh, started out just with a few purebred females working through things. We were fortunate enough to work with a, a very progressive group of breeders and were part of the Land of Lincoln uh, breeder sale that was up there at, at Congerville and, and also at Clinton, Illinois over the years and had a had a really good run with that as as well as participating in the you know, back in the days of the old Illinois Spotlight sale and, um, you know, more recently the Wabash Valley Angus sale and uh, and the Illinois Angus Futurity things there through those consignment sales and as well as private treaty, you know, off and on. But we really just, really our goal that, 
that dad and I really wanted to get to was, was just wanted to try to be able to do our own sale. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really kind of where the foresight for this idea came from, really, was try to get to that point. Consigning in all of those others and, and growing enough and, and, you know, why not, why not have it at our own place? But I'm assuming you still put cattle in all those other sales as well. Absolutely. Uh, we try to uh, as much as we can. You know, sometimes it runs into calendar-wise with, with a conflict, especially, you know, uh, Wabash Valley has their sale the weekend before ours, so it's mm-hmm. a little tough to <laughs> participate <laughs> in, in some of those with trying to get everything done sometimes, so we haven't been able to do that here in recent memory. Mm-hmm. You know, we've always put a lot of value on those, and that's like anything, it's it's always a value of, you know, that we put it back on relationships with people and reaching out to making those contacts. Right. And the more groups that you're in and, you know, when we were smaller breeders and didn't have didn't have enough numbers to have our own sale, we needed those kind of sales right. to do it and work through and, and kind of try to learn things. One thing you learn is the right way to do things, but sometimes you have to learn the right way by doing it wrong first. You know? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Learning through those and, and yeah, like you said, making just making those contacts and and you know selling those cattle around the state and and then hey, we're going to have our own and and I'm going to guess you saw a lot of those people come to come to your first couple and, and continuing on. You know, we did. We were we were really overwhelmed with with the crowd and the interest we had right from the get go. We were apprehensive about it because you didn't want to you know you didn't want to change things up from the standpoint of. You know, there's a lot of guys that like to buy their bulls by visiting with you a couple hours on a Sunday afternoon. Right. And and that's great. And we we still encourage people to come and do that. And we were really fortunate and, and very blessed that a lot of those customers stayed with us and, and worked with us through the sale process and, and very thankful for that. You and Dad still, uh, Robert, still on the farm together every day? You bet. Yep. We do everything predominantly together. Just... Uh, working through different aspects of it. Dad's here every day all the time, and, and I'm here every day all the time. And when I'm not here, I can tell you he's doing more of the work than I am when we're going to these <laughs> shows and sales and different things like that. So we don't ever want to forget about everybody that's doing the stuff when we all have to run around to kind of make everything work, you know? Right. Always got to have those people that are willing to stay home. Absolutely. Yep. And we've had we've had a lot of good help over the years and, you know, with different things and you don't want to leave out mom and the wife and everybody because we all know it takes a takes a village to get everything done and you know it's it's whatever whenever however just to get it all done just like everybody is well why don't you take a minute and, and give those give all those a shout out sure we uh <laughs> we get work through things all the time the sale is actually uh right there on the highway mm-hmm. uh that's actually at my folks farm and that's the address that's there in the sale catalog mm-hmm. that's where my two sisters and i were raised and you know they all pitch in and their husbands and kids are all there the day of the sale, clerking and doing their refreshments, you know, and mm-hmm. we pass all that stuff off to all those people that are always willing to help. And we're, we're sure always very appreciative of that for sure. Right. Just takes everybody doing all those things that, that don't involve the day-to-day stuff of the cattle themselves, you know? Right. You know, as far as, as far as immediate family, my wife and two boys, Cody and Brady are, uh, are 11 and 17 now. And, have a very, very vested interest in and really like all the parts of it, of the industry. And, you know, when they're not in sports and, and doing this and doing that, they're, they're right out there checking cows and, and doing all that stuff with us and, you know, go with grandpa or go with me and go do this and that. And we just kind of divide and conquer. And it's, uh, it's really enjoyable for all of us. We, uh, we have our differences of opinions, like working with every family, but, uh, you know, that's just part of it and you got to enjoy that too. So. 
Brady and Cody and wife Missy. And now one of them's a golfer. Is that right? Yes. Uh, both the boys had a, uh, had a really, really very fortunate year as far as athletics. Cody was uh, a part of the uh, fifth and state overall golf team in IHSA this year. So that was a, that was a really cool experience for those boys. And uh, just to see all that, you know, you want your kids to succeed in, in doing anything and, and uh, to be able to compete at that level, being from a really small town was, was really pretty neat. Right. So, and then, you know, after Cody's golf season, Brady kept going and he was fortunate enough that his baseball team made it all the way to the state level in their divisions also. Oh, wow. So we, we rolled from baseball straight into golf and, and, uh, <laughs> with Brady from, uh, from baseball for school ball all the way through August, it was, it was a lot of months of baseball. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, <laughs> with uh... them. So we, they had both couple very busy, very, very successful years with, with the other avenues and that's that's neat to see we, we all want our kids to do well and we thank all those people that help with those programs and and reach out with them too because it's uh it's a thankless job to whether you're running a cattle show or a golf team or a baseball team it's uh always need to remember to appreciate those people putting their time and effort into that too right and the boys do show and we can kind of get into that uh as well and and when they're not playing sports why well, they got to be in the barn and, and working and you guys have been showing having some success we have. We've been been very fortunate to to have some good success, and you know, predominantly. I mean, the boys, the older they've gotten, the more they do predominantly on their own. We uh, we row crop about fifteen hundred acres. That's predominantly Dad and I, and mm-hmm. and a couple other guys that seasonally help us to and getting everything done. And when it comes to the daily rinsing and the working and the and the hair working and those kind of things, you know, it's been uh, it's been pretty well put on them a lot, especially as Cody's gotten older to to do things and work through that. Yeah, we've been very fortunate to have a uh, have a fair amount of success for for very small uh, small fish in the sea, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Let's talk a little about that success. You guys had had a good summer. We really did. Had probably I guess as good a junior nationals as as someone could ever hope to have and um you know, we started out with the with the bread and own show and we're fortunate enough to have Brady's heifer be selected as the third overall at the national junior show in the bread owned. And that was, uh, that'll just kind of make you stop and kind of blows you away when you really stop and think about it. Right. So, uh, we were very fortunate, very blessed with that. We started into Cody was a part of the, uh, team fitting contest for Illinois, along with Tyler Musgrave and, uh, both the Miller boys, Alan and Teresa's two boys, uh, Will and Adam boys actually, uh, we're the supreme champion overall fitting team to junior nationals also. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was really a cool experience for them and, and to get worked through that. So yeah, we, uh, then had a couple other class winners or two along the way out there, you know, and kind of our goal has always been, you know, you go to that national junior show and, you know, if you make the sift and make your top cut, boy, that's a good day right. you know, with the quality of cattle at that. That's a, that's a good day to have a week like that. It was, uh, it really makes you stop and think and be, be thankful for it. That's for sure. Right. And give you some more goals for this next year as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> as, as, as dads and parents and breeders, we're always like, uh, gosh, you know, and, uh, we, we kind of joked a little bit coming home of, uh, you know, being Brady's third year and Brady actually ended up with his heifer that was third overall because she kind of picked him, uh, oh, yeah. her attitude corresponded well with his and, you know, when you're 10, 11 years old, that's what it's all about. So you go with it, you know? Oh, yeah. 
I remember seeing them, and uh, well, we were there at Futurity together, uh, right across the aisle. And what a set of cattle you guys had! So, thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Let's get back a little to the to the cow herd, and you guys been breeding, of course. You know, you started in '96 with the with the purebreds, and and what are some of your goals? What are some of your breeding philosophies? What did what did you guys set out to do, and and what are you planning in the future? Well, we've always you know first and foremost you know a guy goes back to with with touching on these bulls you know i mean we can all remember going with our dads and granddads and picking out bulls as kids and you know everybody everybody wanted to talk about tops and rear ends and and those kind of things and good footed you know and i I think we still have to keep all those things at the foremost no matter what we're doing Mm -hmm. um bottom line at the end of the day you know all these things whether they're purebred commercial or what are going to stand on a scale and they got to weigh something Mm -hmm. to make this deal work so you know as far as as far as the performance lines and, and the bull lines there, um, we've always tried to keep that at the foremost of, of our breeding program, you know, and, and have been fortunate enough to, to own some females and raise some females that have, have kind of done that pretty well, really, over the years. You know, on, on the female side of it, we do put a lot of heavy emphasis on the cow herself. She's got to get it done, got to do things that she needs to do in a very eye-appealing package that's not only hopefully profitable for us, but also profitable for our customers down the road. That's the name of the game, right? Right, right. You know, that being said, we uh, we do live in the Midwest, and, uh, you know, as the boys have gotten older, we've uh, we've bought a few of those show heifers. You know, we've had pretty good luck to uh, to partner with some other folks that you know, Andy, with uh, Four Corners down there mm-hmm. at, at St. Francisville, and as well as Johnson Farms there in Kentucky. I know you've done mm-hmm. some programs with Reese and things right. in the past, and right. as well as some other operations around. But uh, just kind of really tried to have a few of those things to offer too. But you've got to – we've always kind of just took the uh, philosophy of you've got to really focus on, you know, where your market is and, and what your customer base is looking for and asking. And, you know, we have a lot of those different things with uh, a lot of different avenues here based on geography and where we live, you know. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh, real easy to sell bulls in in Illinois, right? Yeah, you know, if we could just take that river and get it on the other side of the state, no offense, buddy, but it'd do me a lot more good if it was between you and I. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm but with you. Uh, we have been very fortunate, though. We've been able uh, to build a fairly decent bull market over there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot more cows from my house towards yours than there is a hundred mm-hmm. mile the opposite direction right going that way and and we've been pretty fortunate to work with a lot of progressive commercial cattlemen over in that neighborhood that have have been really good to us over the years and have worked with us now several years you know year in and year out to really kind of get them where they want to go and very very appreciative for for those kinds of opportunities as well right and for those that may not know where is palestine illinois well, when you come across the uh, easiest landmark you're going to get to is on the Illinois-Indiana line, right mm-hmm. where I-70 crosses the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be back uh, exactly 20 miles straight south of there. Okay. Or we are just exactly about 45 miles, 40, 45 miles straight north of Evansville, right up the line on 41, up that way, too. Okay. We're tucked over here, uh, south-central Illinois, uh, over here on the state line, but uh, that's uh, we all work with where we're at, and that's... Uh, it's not that bad to get there. There's just not a lot of interstates to it, but it's it's right. sure sure accessible north, south, east, or west. That's for sure. Right, and and a little more in the cow country than than up in the northern parts of of both states. Well, exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of this area, you know, especially from here south that uh, 
that there's a lot more cow numbers than right. than going a couple hundred miles to the north, you know, where there's a lot more predominantly row crop, for sure. Right. Well, uh, as I mentioned, you guys are going to have a sale. going to be on March 27th, going to be there at the farm at, at Palestine. And be- before we get into these cattle, where can they get some more information on this sale? Maybe they can stop this, pause it, follow along with us in a sale catalog or look at it online. Where, where can they find some of this information from? Sure. You bet, Andy. Um, this year, we went to the bigger style catalog, um, which would allow us to have the live videos posted live with it on the Angus Org website, mm-hmm. um, as well as the live EPD feature that ties in with that. So when they go on there and search those sale books through the Angus.org, if they click on ours, they'll have the, there'll be a video of every lot uh, available in there. We do do a video sale. So one of the neat things that goes along with that is there's, there is live video footage of of all of those cattle of every lot that sells. Mm-hmm. We also have our website, uh, yorkfarmsangus.com on the for sale page there. And that information will be up there. Uh, also, it's pretty well a carbon copy of, of a lot of those things that are available on the Angus website. Uh, but those will be reached out there too. As, and we try to have a have a pretty good presence on uh, on Facebook and Instagram also, you know, mm-hmm. with a lot of that social media kind of thing to, uh, Try to just cover, you know, quite a few of the bases and reach out there to as many folks as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're if you go onto the the Angus Association, uh, I was on there looking through the catalog, and this little thing at the top's popping up videos, videos, and so you go up, you click on that, and there's all the videos right there on the right side. And uh, I'm going to follow right along as as we talk about these guys. Yeah, they'll they'll sit right there in a lot of order for you, and and kind of jumps out and grabs your attention, and uh, yeah, it. Uh, sure a pretty neat feature that they've that they've come up with for us to uh kind of make it a little more user friendly as they say all the way through right and we'll give a shout out here uh you've got some good pictures and some good videos from a guy yeah adam uh, adam swigert has done our work for us right from the get-go and and they do an outstanding job and and his team that works through those uh i mentioned our social media stuff uh emily adcock works with him really close with that and she handles our social media stuff for us and, and works with Adam doing a lot of those kind of things and, and as well as Bailey Edinburgh from, for years and they've always been great to work with and anything I need that I'm uh, technologically handicapped in trying to figure out one of those guys can uh, can sure get it done for us and Adam's sure been good to work with over the years for us and we sure appreciate all his efforts there too. If you can't make the sale but you can see the videos you can you can see the pedigrees you can see all those things on the catalog if you can't make the sale that's not a problem you can still bid you bet uh we will have brooklyn graham here uh with live auctions she's been here a number of years now and and uh, she typically handles all the uh all the video workforce there that day and uh everything will be live online just as if you were sitting here and you know you can still do things uh do things the old-fashioned way and pick up the telephone and and reach out to if uh, if you're not comfortable with that and you know a lot of things uh, a lot of people aren't comfortable with that and that's okay too but we sure mm-hmm. try our darndest to be accommodating however anybody's comfortable with it gotta give brooklyn a shout out what a what a sweet young lady to work with and and does a great job and works her tail end off she she really really does she's always came the day before and and was setting everything up and and coordinating it all and i'll send her a sale order and you know she's reaching out with emails and and working through things. Hey, where's this? Hey, where's that? Uh, you forgot to send me this. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All those kind of things. She uh, she ends up. Uh, all those guys doing all this stuff for us. End up 
end up making us look pretty good or, or as good as they can for what they have to work with in the end, I guess. Let's right. put it that way. She'll also probably uh, – she has done it before, and I would assume she's going to do it again. She'll get this podcast video put up there on your page on live auction, so you can do it all right there as well. See the podcast video and, and uh, check out the pedigrees and everything else right there on live auctions. Yeah, that's that's sure a good worthwhile service with, with where we're at today. And, you know, everybody doing everything, everybody's busy. You need to sure make every effort to be as accommodating as you can for, for folks that can't get here or, or really just prefer to, to handle their business that way, you know. Right. And she's sure always been a, a great asset to us in that regard. Right. Got a couple other guys, well-known guys that you can call and talk to as well. If you say, you know, hey, I like this video, tell me about this bull. You got a couple of sale consultants there that they can talk to as, along with sale managers. Absolutely. Um, with those guys, with uh, with Grant Beetle and Jeremy Stone through there, they work really closely uh, with our program. And, you know, they're in these cattle several times a year. They know the ins and outs. And, and every one of them will tell you straight up, they're a best honest opinion, you know, and that's uh, that's why we list them in there because that's how we want everything to be represented, just to the best of everybody's ability, and and hopefully everybody go on and be successful, you know, from here forward with them. So Casey Gents, of course, from American Angus, that's our regional manager, will be here, and I tell you what a resource Casey is for all of us. Oh my! Um, as Angus breeders, we uh, sure didn't leave much left to be desired when we got Casey to step into that spot. As he just does an excellent job and is a very, very good resource for us as breeders and, and commercial cattlemen also just very approachable, very knowledgeable. And if he doesn't have the answer, he'll darn sure go out of his way to get it for you. Right. That's for sure. Right. You're exactly right. Then Roger Holstrom there, we are uh, other ring man there. Roger, mm-hmm. just what a stand up guy. Um, just well-respected all through all aspects, whether you're talking about the, the pig industry or, or through the cattle industry in the Midwest, just a very well-known upstanding guy that's that's been with us from the get-go and we're always thankful to have roger with us too and the other guys with you get them all in there get uh, jerry layman in there as your auctioneer as well yeah we uh, better start at the top of the list with jerry too <laughs> we've uh, we've had a very very good relationship with jerry when we were in some of those other consignment sales we had talked on and off you know back and forth with with the hall of fame and with with other consultants as well and auctioneers trying to uh trying to decide if we were really going to take the leap, you know, and try this mm-hmm. deal. Jerry stopped dad and I one year at the Illinois Beef Expo, and he said, hey, just want you guys to know if you ever decide to take the leap, I'd sure be honored if you'd have me sell your sale. Mm-hmm. I tell you, being small guys that didn't really know what we were getting into, that meant a lot with us. Right. And Jerry's been a very good partner, very good resource, and we, we sure appreciate all the work and, and the relationships we've built with him off and on over the years. That's, that's really what it's all about. A couple other things that, that you guys offer, and then we're, we're going to get into these bulls, but, but you guys offer some discounts. Uh, you guys provide some services as well that, that I think we better tell everybody. Sure, you bet. We stand behind these bulls 100%. We do the best we can to ensure everything's going to be good uh, in terms of a full BSE, perform semen test, the whole nine yards. Um, we will board these bulls until May 1st. But we do ask that, you know, everybody kind of take some insurance on those bulls mm-hmm. or, or be willing to assume the risk with mm-hmm. us, you know. We realize there's a lot of guys that don't have the ability to uh, to keep those bulls and kind of manage them before they get ready to turn them out. And that's that's really the reason why we do right. You know, we don't want anybody to say, hey, I couldn't buy a bull there because I couldn't take him right. home. Don't want to put anybody in that position at all and uh, try to entice people to go ahead and take them home if they do have that ability right. with that little bit of a discount for that sale day take home there so all that's highlighted there on on page one of the catalog right right and if i buy three or more 
I get a discount and as if well. If you buy three or more, you're going to be discounting a hundred dollars off all three of them. You bet. That's great. You bet. And we have had guys take advantage of that, you know, and with those bigger sire groups and mm-hmm. the the group of half and and maternal sibs that we've had off and on over the years, guys really like to see that uniformity, and that's great for us. We really work with those guys that want to really kind of lay a lay the set of uniformity into those feeder calves. You've got enough of these bulls in different sire groups that, that those guys can do that and, and stay right in there and, and stay closely aligned with the genetics. Exactly. Yep. You know, we've got to keep moving forward all the time, you know, with seed stock producers. We can't just keep using the same sires, you know, over and over and over. But, uh, you know, when the guy kind of needs to uh, have enough volume there in, in uniformity and consistency to allow guys for those opportunities, if that fits their operation. Right. Well, let's get into these bulls. You ready, Joel? All right. Open catalog right there. That's this lot one bull, uh, just a big stout, nice bull here, the Deer Valley Growth Fund, son. You bet. Those growth fund cattle have been really good for us here in our program, and and this guy sure sure is a very good example of that. Uh, Just a lot of performance, a lot of size and shape and scale in those bulls. Uh, They've always been really good footed here and and really big scrotal bulls, you know, just, just excellent in terms of fertility. A lot of those cattle, this guy included, are getting up in that 40-centimeter range in terms of scrotal a year, and that's that's where we want to be, you know, get up there and, and hopefully have those things done. Uh, this guy was produced from a cow that was actually 12 years old when she did that. That is her natural calf oh, wow. right there. So that speaks for the longevity and the fertility and the ability in that cow family to go along with that guy. But, uh, yeah, just a really, really good, very impressive interv- individual with the Really good set of genomics to go along with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the lot two is a growth fund as well. Exactly. Yep. Just a really nice, deep, soggy-made stockman kind of a bull, you know. Just a shot more moderate, maybe, in terms of frame than the lot one bull. Just really chuck full of red meat. Really good on his feet and legs. Sound pattern from a really, really good cow. That bull we actually own uh, in partnership with Oak Ridge uh, Angus. They bought him at the side of his dam last year through our sale. Mm-hmm. Tony came to me and he said, Hey, I think this bull's okay. You want to come look at him? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I'd say he was spot on. I, I appreciated the phone call. Cause that's, that's a really, really good calf there. He's, he's been here ever since he came off the cow right in with his contemporaries and, and has matched up, been managed just like every other bull in the deal and just really falls into that spot really, really well. A couple of bulls that we can talk about out of a bull that uh, you talk about genomics and, and you talk about uh, phenotype as well, and, and this guy's kind of making a storm. He really is. You know, that exemplify bull uh, was one we jumped out there and uh, tried to sample a little bit to bring in a little bit different genetics out of that Confidence Plus bloodline that's that's been so popular and, and done really well in the genomic arenas there and try to offer a few things, you know, different for those uh, those customers that put a lot of emphasis on those uh on those EPDs and uh, different things, have some cavities and some spread in there, along with some really, really good carcass and, and high dollar values to go along with it. You know, at the same time, come back on some cow families that have just got a lot of good maternal doability into them and uh, offer a little something different, a little fresh sire group, you know. Right. You wanted to talk to Lot 5. Yeah, the Lot 5 bull. Uh, we didn't picture everybody, you know, with him being just a little younger, being a February calf. But boy, this guy sure doesn't need skipped over. He he would be a maternal brother to 
our high selling bull and female both from last year and uh, that would be her natural calf from this year and boy he sure would be the most probably moderate framed bull in the sale but boy you talk about one just chuck full of red meat and muscle and i tell you what i'll take them all day long out of his mother when we bought that cow from steve burke and uh, burke beef cattle there in missouri is a high selling bred heifer out of the missouri futurity there a few years back steve's comment to me was i don't think you're going to be wrong right and boy, I tell you what, he sh- she hasn't missed a lick since she's been here and just just does her job. You know, those cows are, are fun to make because you can take them whatever way you want to and, and they just work. Right, right. And she's, she's sure been a great example of that. Yeah, and if, if you're just listening and you're following along here on the uh, Angus site there where these bulls are over here on the right side, blow that son of a gun up. Uh, we're going to have him up on a, on the podcast video, but uh, I was looking at his little picture and then I blew him up. Holy cow. Joe, we got got you a good one there. We think he sure got a lot of potential. That's for sure. You know, we we try to bring new genetics into our herds. Uh, a lot of us, and, and especially some of us smaller breeders, and and we try to go out and we try to find things and, and bring them in. And that kind of happened with this lot eight bull. Yeah, he he sure did. Lot eight bull has a little bit of a story to him. We uh, we were actually the contending bidders on the sixteen ninety five Abigail cow when she sold there through an online sale of, uh, of Tyler Copeland's down there in Arkansas. Weren't fortunate enough to get her, but happened to stumble across a set of embryos sired by her and, and some bull called Raindance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this lot eight bull and a full sister to him that we have retained in our uh, in our replacement group were the result of that uh, embryo purchase. And boy, they sure don't disappoint. You talk about one that's just rugged and square and, and thick made and, and really got kind of a unique look to him, real stock bull, herd bull look. You know, those seven, eight, nine bulls down that page there, bulls are really just a lot of rancher type bulls, chuck full of red meat muscle and and ready to really go get it done. Yeah, and, and don't let me skip anybody, but uh, we talked about the, the lot 12 here. We've got a out of a full sister to abundance. Absolutely. Uh, we would have purchased the dam of lot 12 uh, privately with, with Ron Rogers, uh, that would be our partner on some of these cows. That'd be the SQR prefix on him there. Mm-hmm. That cow's done us an outstanding job. He would be one of the very top yearling bulls. Uh, we would have sold a maternal brother to him, sired by emblem through our sale last year. Would have been a sale feature here. Just uh, just lays down and does a good job every time. If we could get her to have a heifer, that'd sure be, uh, <laughs> sure be a unique deal. Um, She's, uh, she's blessed us with three bulls in a row, but boy, they've always been some of the high indexing, high ratio in bulls of their contemporary group every time. Mm-hmm. Skip down a little, lot 14, we got a territory. You bet. That territory sire group was, was a bull we came across after going through uh, Shaw Angus Valley out there a couple years ago. Got to see territory and his mother. Mm-hmm. And that 3293 cow would be, in my estimation, one of the most impressive cows out there at SAV. And uh, so we came back and tried tried to make some of those genetics back on some of those same similar type of cows. And and this guy, we ran through when we did the BSEs on these bulls the other days. I mean, this guy's bumping up in that 1,800-pound range and uh, just full of size and stretch and, and pounds to really, really put on a set of cows and Really, they're a great set of daughters and, and things back through there for the commercial guy. And, you know, there's there's just a lot of merit to be said to that. And you go line enough things like 3293 and 2397 right up there at the front of that pedigree. Right. 
for those followers of that SAV program, that kind of gets to be in a who's who pretty quick. Right, right. I was going to mention that. Yeah, you if if you couldn't do it somewhere else, you sure went back and went right with the with the shop on that one and, and made them very similar to what those guys are doing. You bet. Uh, Seventeen. Seventeen's a bull. Uh, he would be the leadoff bull out of our star group, out of our uh, way up sixty-two thirty-six bull. Uh, he actually has the distinction of being flush brother to uh, Turning Point there at Gen X. Mm-hmm. Bull's just done us an outstanding job. The seventeen bull happens to be a maternal brother to one of our high-selling bulls from our twenty twenty sale. That cow really, really cranks them out. She's just one of those seed stocks that's super milky, gets it done every time and. Everybody wants to look back on on the bulls, and boy, you really fall back, and it it really takes these good cows to get it done all the time. I I guess I've always kind of been the one that thinks it takes it even uh, maybe an even better, higher, top notch cow Mm -hmm. to really crank out these kind of bulls, maybe than what it does, depending on what a person's goals are to really get it done. And Mm -hmm. you know, boy, as a sire group, we uh, we sure have been happy with a lot of these. We call him Rise Up around here, Mm -hmm. which would be the way up son there that that we use and. Uh, he's six years old, still standing out here and boy, just as sound as a dollar, looks like a three-year-old and just done us a really, really good job. Mm-hmm. Right. And got another one in the, in the 18 out of him as well. Absolutely. 18 was a really, really, uh, good son worked through there. Uh, his grand dam would be the third dam on the maternal side of his pedigree would have actually been the, uh, $12,500 high selling donor of one of our past sales to, uh, Schmitz out there in Iowa. Mm-hmm. would have been that 8350 one out of cow. So just a lot of cow power wound up in that guy there as well. Right. And then we continue on with those bulls, with sons of that bull there in the in the next page, 1920, and then we get, we get a little bit of different flavor in there. Exactly. You know, we uh, we kind of kind of started into this little bit of a Sim Angus program here. We got to the point we were getting several customers and, and several of our uh, – Folks using our genetics that were rotating, you know, a percentage Semitol bull or a Charlay bull or a Red Angus bull, you know, depending on their numbers and and what their goals were. And, uh, you know, we just started incorporating some of those and, and they've been really well received, you know, as long as we've stuck to keeping the cavities in line and and really good looking and uh, a lot of functionality in those in those Sim Angus bulls. We've had very good uh, rapport from our customers on those and look to really continue kind of doing that just to give those guys an, an option, you know, when they get to working through their seed stock suppliers, if they can go get those bulls from the same place and how they're used to being managed, you know, seems to me like that would be pretty advantageous for them. And it's, it's kind of proved out that way so far. Right. Right. Before we get into these females, I've skipped over it and I apologize for that. We were going to talk a little bit about feeding these bulls and how do you develop these bulls and, and get these bulls ready because I think you guys have a little bit of different feeding philosophy and, and different way to, to raise these bulls. Sure. You know, these bulls are pretty well on a, a very, very high roughage ration with, with some silage in there and, and a grain top dress deal. They're uh, they're not running on a self-feeder. You know, we're trying to keep the feed in these guys and, and not get them not get them so fat that, you know, they're not going to be able to hold up to this. I mean, let's face it, we're down here in fescue country, and right. it gets a little ugly from June to September down this way. <laughs> right. Just does, you know, and that's a lot of the reason we've offered and, and kind of encouraged guys to go ahead and utilize that program and let us kind of get them, you know, get them backed off a little bit. You know, everybody likes to look one that's, you know, ready to go and 12 o'clock sale day. And, and you know, when we're selling them, you've got to have them ready and ready to go that way. But, you know, especially with these younger yearling bulls, you got to really kind of take care of them and 
and uh, you know, hopefully the uh, guys that buy them from us, those folks will be happy and be repeat customers. And they're sure not going to do that if those things aren't holding up from a standpoint of fertility and feet and legs and soundness. So we uh, we just try to make every effort we can to to ensure that you know, no matter what, things are going to happen. You know, and and when they do, you sure try to make it as right as you can mm-hmm. for the customer. But uh, you know, sure we could make them way more. But uh, you know, when we're getting those fall bulls up in that. 1800 range you know and and those fall bulls have been on a lot of wet wrap hay Mm -hmm. a little bit of grain ration you know kind of keeping that forage intake up to try to shoot in that you know three pound weight per day of age range and you know trying to get in that three and a half to four range or so on the yearlings Mm -hmm. Um, but yet at the same time try to keep that longevity and functionality built into them as well right who do you guys use for feed we use a pretty good program. We've been very fortunate. I met a fellow by the name of David Newsom mm-hmm. uh, back sure. when I was in college. And, of course, many of you know David's went up the ranks with uh, Purina Corporation and through those transitions over the years. And David's worked very close with us when we started building a lot of these rations and doing things and, and sure been a very good resource for us over the years with that. So we do a lot of those through Purina, through our local dealers here at uh, South Central FS here, located in Newton, just to the west of us, uh, predominantly for a lot of our feed needs. And then uh, we work a lot of our mineral program through Tracer Minerals and uh, and K&S through uh, Prescott Livestock Consulting there in Missouri. And then through, uh, in turn, they're getting them to us through the retail storefront there at Early Bird Nutrition up there also on our uh, on our mineral and uh, and protein kind of needs on that side of it. We just kind of kind of try to find a mix that works really well for us that. Uh, Hopefully, we end up with a very long-term product that's put together as well as we can put them together as far as a building process. Right, right. And us, us guys in the southern part of the state, we've got, we've got like you mentioned, the fescue, which is a little different uh, than, than the guys up, up north that uh, may come down and get some of those. Oh, absolutely. Yep, we, uh, we try to keep that in mind and, and get those things out there. You know, these younger bulls and, and talking about them, they're still trying to grow and and be teenagers, you know, too, when they're out there doing, trying to do what we're asking them to do. And boy, you really just got to take care of them uh, to get them to hold up and and keep things going long term, so that they can contribute for a number of years. And uh, you know, that the goal is not to sell you one and have to sell you another one next year. We'd sure like to, but <laughs> right. we don't want to have to do that because you didn't have good luck with the one before. You know, right, right, exactly. We talked a lot of bull bull power here. And uh, a really stout, nice set of bulls that you've got uh, for the offering here on March 27th. But, boy, you've got some females in this thing as well that uh, we need to hit on. Sure do, Andy. We uh, we really tried to uh, try to dig in deep uh, every year as far as the females go. You know, there's not a lot of what I would call really elite uh, kind of females a lot of times offered, you know, in the spring. A lot of it's just bull, 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 you know, because mm-hmm. that's where a lot of guys' mentality is at. But, you know, being a smaller breeder, about the only way we can make these kind of deals work is to offer them both at the same time. Right. To kind of get things to work. And we uh, we sure try to dig in with a lot of these females and really offer some value there to whether you're a purebred breeder or, or a commercial man, really have something there to kind of cover all the bases. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start in. You ready to talk some of them? Yeah, you bet. Sure. Um, this uh, this lot 23 donor, uh, of course, she would be the dam uh, of the lot 14 territory bull that we touched on earlier. And uh, this would be our second group of ETs coming out of her with the uh, 
with the renovations, you know, that was sure one of the more well-received sire groups out there at Kelly's in 2021. And, you know, renovation would have been the bowl that sold to CMEX up there in Canada, you know, just really caught a lot of attention and the popularity of those cattle. And, you know, this 4497 donor, sure, from a standpoint of length and dimension and, and power and, and doability really kind of checks all those boxes. So we, we're pretty excited about this mating back on her and, uh, have some daughters on her out of the ground and be able to allow us to uh, offer this opportunity. You know, we hope that these things work, but that cow's done well for us, average 10 to 12 eggs a flush and just kind of sits there and does things that does a lot of things right. So that's, that's kind of how we came about offering this opportunity on a heifer pregnancy on her and just a lot of long range, long-term shelf life and earning potential there in that mating. Right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump over to the 25. You bet. You know, we get into that 25, of course, the heifer there pictured on the top of the page. Really had a lot of friends last year. She would have been our high-selling heifer to Encore Genetics down there in Texas. And, uh, you know, this 25 heifer calf here uh, would be a fall heifer calf and really just a lot of similarities to her big sister. Does a really, really nice job. You know, of course, just being a fall baby, she's young and got a lot of future ahead of her. Mm -hmm. But uh, we were just really super confident in the in the consistency and the cow power behind her in the in the 14 donor and and with what the full sister did last year and encore actually took the full sister last year and flushed her as a virgin heifer and have got uh, 10 to 15 babies on the ground turned wow. around already back out of that female neat so she's she's worked really really well for them and we're sure grateful to, for that opportunity to work with them on her and you know, just really thought, well, as many friends as that one had, and, and with the popularity and the consistency there, uh, we'd sure come back and try to offer another full sister that kind of goes in the same mold. Right. Yeah. Uh, the lot 26, you offered her mother. We sure did. We would have sold her mother to uh, Williams Angus up here just to the north of us last year uh, as one of the high selling pairs through our sale. And boy, this territory daughter just, her picture is exactly her. Mm -hmm. uh, I sent that to a friend of mine after we got it. That was one of the first pictures Adam sent me. And I said, well, what in the world did you pick that thing for? And <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that's her to a T. Right. Uh, just a lot of maternal ability built, in, built into her and just super Angus breed character and really, really milky kind of female that uh, sure looks to, to add a lot of value to any program, that's for sure. Right. Yeah, and you can see the, the picture is, is the video because just – Pop on that video if you're not watching podcast video. You uh, bet. That's that's her. She's she's sweet, nice looking female there. That's for sure. We got a heck of a heifer calf here on the 27. You bet. Uh, that 27 would be another one of those territory daughters that we've got two or three of them here in the sale, and we've got two or three that we kept back. And boy, every one of them, you know, here is good young two year olds, which. You know, a lot of guys won't offer those two-year-olds, but, uh, right. you know, as a as a function of having these sales over the years, you, you get into some things, and, and hopefully, you know, of course, we're not selling anything just because we want to want to sell them. You know, we got to right. move these things on and, and make the program work. They're, uh, they're not in the sale just because you want them to go somewhere else. They're in a the sale to bring some value to the right. to their potential customers and, and partners with those. And, boy, this girl sure really gets it done. She's got one heck of a little rain dance heifer calf, sure as square and thick as you could make one. It looks like she's going to have a lot of longevity built into her as well. Right. Yeah, and look, watch her video. Check out the editor. Check out the look she's got as the first calf. That's super. You bet. Super, you bet. super good. The uh, 
Lot 28, we got an iconic heifer calf. Yep, that iconic heifer calf on the side of the 28, you know, uh, these 1682 daughters, there's a pair of them here in the sale in, in 28 and 30, you know, as two and three-year-olds. And, you know, we tried those iconics, and, and boy, they've sure caught our attention. Uh, we're going to follow back up with him and, and plan on using him again here this year and just think that offers a pretty unique pedigree. And, you know, if, if somebody follows that cow family all the way back there in the 28, that go back to the uh, SAV Lucy 2002, which would be the mother of uh, a bull called Final Answer that I think we've all heard a little bit about it over the last uh, couple decades. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't, I don't, I don't know if you've been in the Angus business, I guess. Exactly. But, you know, again, I, I'm probably sounding like a broken record, but those cow families are, are really where it's at for us. And we've really tried to concentrate on those and, and we feel like it serves pretty well. Right, right. Well, let's stay on that broken record of talking about great cow families because we go to the 29 and we got a Georgina. So the grandmother of the lot 29 cow would have been 4504. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we actually followed that cow around a little bit. We tried to buy her from Champion Hill as an open heifer. Didn't have any luck there and actually were able to buy her back through a production sale at Wernerang this years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we bought that cow and she had never been flushed and, and brought her down here and, the cow we would have now that would rival her and in terms of production and consistency, of course, would be the Berks Forever Lady cow. Uh, But boy, 4504 was just one that would sit there and be eight to 10 to 12 embryos and you'd get 80% 80 of those to stick. Mm. And whether you had bulls or females, you sure had something marketable every time. Boy, she sure well served here to come through, you know, a lot of those Saugahatchies back on those Georginas were like their own breed of cattle, you know, back in the day. Just a lot of really unique attributes and characteristics there that sure stood the test of time. And, you know, every year we put a Georgina in the sale, that'll always year in and year out be one of the most popular ones there. Mm-hmm. People just know them and, and well so just build on their reputation. Yeah, anywhere. Uh, those Georginas are very popular and sought after still. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, don't let me skip over too far, but do we want to go to the 34 cow? Sure. Yep. You bet. We can go right to that 34 cow. And we talked about with having a lot of these sales and, and doing things, you know, that, that 15 model cow there in 1502 would be the oldest cow in the sale, but uh, boy, she sure, sure gets it done and, and actually laid down. We didn't talk about this, Andy. She actually laid down and had a renovation heifer cow. Oh, wow. So she's got that heifer baby right there beside her and boy, just big stout cow. This cow's actually produced a lot one bull for us in the past and, and some other high sellers through there. And this cow family uh, that originated from Dave Gibb was actually one of uh, one of our first purchases back uh, 22 <laughs> years ago, to be exact, through the Illinois Futurity. And uh, that would have been the grandmother of this cow there in the 1218. And that's sure been one that's that's been very good to us. We haven't turned loose of very many daughters out of this Miss Erica cow family. And, you know, they may not be the household name like a few of these others, but mm-hmm. they sure are around here and they've darn sure earned it. Right. Will you tell that story of the 1218? We, uh, <laughs> so the 1218 cow, we, uh, I talked about the hall of fame and, and then talking to them and, you know, dad and I went up there to the futurity that year and, you know, like we all do, we've got stars and fireworks and check marks and all this stuff, you know, boy, that bread heifer's really good. And, you know, we thought we were, Thought we were going to get that. The girl bought there, and we had agreed to a figure. And, well, we blew well past that figure and uh, got it done and drove home three and a half hours and wondered what in the world we had done. <laughs> and 
so did so did my soon to be wife at the time and and my mother if i recall <laughs> when we pulled back in but uh i tell you what the relationship we built with dave and and things over the years there and and working through that and and the productivity and the longevity and the fertility of that cow family has more than spoke for itself and i tell you what we go back and those are the kind you can buy every day, and they'll make you money all day long. Right, right, and uh, we don't have to talk the figures, but you guys, as you said, what in, what in the world we get into? And uh, so you bought her for X amount, and and here she was just shy of of that on her first calf that you guys turned around and sold. She laid down and had a bull calf the first time and paid for three fourths of herself right off the bat. <laughs> so at, at that point, two years later, you could kind of exhale and knew it was all going to be okay. So <laughs> right. maybe maybe we did do something okay here. <clears throat> you got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> those those are always fun to, uh, when those work out that way. We've all been guilty of doing that. Well, we're we're going to quit right about here. Well, <laughs> you know. It, Right about seemed to get a little get a little fuzzier as we got a little closer to it. So, yeah. but uh, haven't regretted it a day. Right, those are those are the good ones. So you bet. Let's let's talk about these two bulls on the back just real quick before we wrap this thing up. We've got the the Stevenson way up, which you talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, that, yep. that there's progeny out of. Absolutely, yeah. We've uh, we've collected that bull quite a bit, and stevenson's and and conley still own an interest in him kyle actually purchased him out of stevenson's sale as a yearling mm-hmm. the same year that turning point sold out there and uh, he actually ended up with pasture rights on uh, on turning point and and turned around and and sold this guy through his sale and uh, good friend jeremy haig was managing kyle's sale and mm-hmm. and uh, gave me a call and and after several videos and chats and texts and things like that while we were able to uh, to get him bought through there and boy sure haven't regretted it any day since he's he's been a really valuable attribute for our program that's for sure mm-hmm. uh we we did a podcast with lorenzans and and adam here uh, back in the fall and so uh you guys sold this bull and and you guys still have a lot of connections with him you bet yeah so 2006 would have been the lot one and as it worked out high selling bull last year from the sale and uh Boy, Adam came down before the sale and, and was really wanting one to really put a shot of, of stoutness and power and shape and muscle into their cow herd. And just, uh, you know, I think we walked around looking for a bull and looking at bulls for about an hour. And he might have spent 52 minutes out of that hour looking at that bull. I'm not real sure. <laughs> but, uh, he uh, he sure latched on to him and and uh, then brought Steve and, and some of the other guys down to the sale. And, boy, we were sure fortunate. Got him used and... Uh, and really tied into that deal there and they were great enough to work with us we actually kept some interest in the bull and and turned him out uh, on our heifers and and used him natural service there's a couple of these good young two-year-olds have the have some of the first progeny at their side by him boy they sure put him to work up there they're going to have 30 some babies on the ground this spring and you know turned around and turned him right back out and he's just came back in running on fall cows now so mm-hmm. they're uh, They've been really, really high on him, and these these first set of calves look to be really outstanding, and just really looking forward to uh, to what might come ahead with this guy. He's sure uh, sure been a lot of fun to this point, no doubt. Right. Well, that's great that you guys keep working together on that, and and they're really happy and gone into their program and and had some success because that's that's what happens when you go to York Farms and buy good bulls. Well, I appreciate that, Andy. It's uh. Like we talked about, you try to have something a little diverse because a lot of guys, you know, need to add a need to add a Cavanese bull or need to add some power and some grow and 
and in different packages, you know, and, and if we're doing our job, you kind of have a, have a little bit of that to offer for everybody. And the main thing is everybody gets the right one for them. And boy, that 2006 bull sure has worked out well for, for Adam and Steve and those guys up there. And we sure appreciate all that. That's for sure. Joel, anything else we need to know about these cattle, about these, these bulls, about the program, anything like that? Oh, we sure just look forward to seeing everybody on March the 27th and, and uh, sure hope if anyone has any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to any of us. And, and you know, nobody's harder on any of our cattle than we are on our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're all that way. You know, we're going to tell you straight up like it is and want these cattle to go on and be profitable investments for everybody. And look forward to, to building relationships that last and longevity in there. And we sure stand behind them 110% and do the best we can ensure these things within everything we can do. I think that's great. I appreciate it, Joel. Uh, again, we want to invite everybody March 27th, and they can come. Now, they'll be ready the day before as well. Is that right? Absolutely. These cattle, uh, anybody, feel free to come view these cattle anytime. Okay. Uh, everything is lot tagged and ready to go. They're all right here, easy to view at any point. The cattle will be there at the sale site the day before and and ready and pinned there on display sale day. All the cattle, I guess we could touch on that a little bit. It will be an entire video sale, uh, but all the cattle will be right there at the sale site, uh, easily to be viewed, all lot tagged and and right there handy. And then, uh, you know, they'll all be on display there by nine o'clock, as it says in the catalog. And mm-hmm. we'll have a lunch there that uh, we have a local gentleman that's participated in several national uh, barbecue cook-offs and uh, he sure does an outstanding job for us and he asks every year would you like me to do that again and our answer (laughs) always is well you haven't figured out how to mess it up yet so i guess we better try again so we uh want everybody to come and have a good meal and and enjoy their day and uh walk through those cattle and you know just kind of be able to see them in a little more relaxed scenario than running them through a sale ring and uh sure want everybody to come visit with us and not hesitate ask any questions they might have right and are you bragging that, that you're already ready for this sale, that you've got everybody there? And no, sir. That could, oh. not be, uh, that could not be much farther from the truth. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> oh okay. It, uh, there's only so much you can do ahead of time, right? There's right. going to be a lot of it left, uh, left towards the last of it to get it all put together. And it sure takes a lot of help the last three, four, five days on right. on getting everything done. And sure appreciate all those guys that come and and work through things with us through the cattle and the prep. And, you know, that's uh, always goes goes unsaid way too much, but we sure appreciate all that too. Right, right. Joel, man, it's been great visiting with you and uh, uh, appreciate you getting a hold of us and, and getting this thing put together. And, uh, man, I'm I'm anxious to see what this sale does. And, uh, you know, I, how long does it take you to get to Louisville? Uh, it's only two hours and a half, two hours and 45 minutes to Louisville up here you're only two hours from indianapolis about two and a half to 245 from springfield and just two and a half hours from st louis over so it's uh really pretty accessible uh just not a lot of interstates that drop you right here but it's uh we always kind of joke it's about two and a half hours to anywhere right (laughs) right probably worth worth the barbecue and worth worth coming to see the cattle absolutely appreciate it Joel, thank you very much for uh, for getting this put together. And again, guys, March 27th, Palestine, Illinois, the ninth annual production sale at York Farms. And uh, Joel, appreciate it very much. And uh, we want to thank you for listening to another edition of Before the Bid podcast. 
Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on Before the Bid.